Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. We're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, November 2, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We had Kabuki Theater Day. We have a chink in the armor on the charts. Let's work backwards, and then we'll go over what happened, we'll go over what's going to happen, all that stuff. The first thing we want to notice is something very familiar. We talked about it last night. I think we talked about it the night before. 374, 375. You'll remember we discussed this a number of times over the last several days as this was the last real breakout area in the sequence. The market ran up to here, pulled back, broke out, and now has come back to finally pay a visit. What we discussed was that if they got below the breakup candle low, which was at 379 and change, exactly 379.68, getting below that, closing candles below, hourly below, daily below, opens the door back to the last breakout area in the sequence. Now, they took care of everything in one shot with what we'll call the Fed failure. Fed comes out with their interest rate announcement. The market gets a goose operation. They give the appearance they're breaking out. Traders hop on the momentum trade to the upside only to have the press conference start. And this is why we call it Kabuki Theater. What happened then was they called in the guy who has the key to the lever of the trap door. He inserts the key, he gives the lever a yank, and everybody who jumped on the momentum long trade after the Fed announcement gets a big fat pie in the face. And herein lies, and this is why I wanted to lead with this tonight, herein lies the reason why we're a spectator around the Fed announcement. We're not trading the Fed announcement. It's a very, very difficult endeavor, even for the professional traders that have business trading the Fed announcement. If you're experienced, you know what you're doing, you understand the risks on both sides, you can certainly do it if you want, but I'm not going to be party to participating or participating on behalf of my members to trade the Fed announcement. That's not something we want to traffic in. It's a spectator sport. We're more concerned with the bigger picture. There'll be another trade around the corner. When will that come? That will come on Thursday. For the last several days, we had what was known as the Fed pivot. Well, apparently they didn't pivot. Apparently they swiveled back around, turned everybody up in a circle, and it's the same routine. The market's going to do what the market's going to do. It was a bounce in a downtrend. Whether or not they could or still can get higher, it was still going to be a bounce in a downtrend irregardless. We said that no less than 500,000 times. Just for kicks, we always look at both sides of the tape and keep in mind, just because the market went down today after the Fed announcement slash press conference, all that stuff, doesn't mean that it won't reverse back up tomorrow. We don't know it will or it won't. I'm just saying, certainly, we could have a situation where the weekly chart eats some time off the clock and then makes a subsequent move higher. You see how they could, and we don't know that they are or they will, 
but they could certainly start building some kind of a bullish formation that does send price higher. Again, remember, just because we see what happened today, the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew are always out in force, and we've seen this many, many times. Let me explain further. What we've seen many times is that the first move can certainly be the incorrect move when assessing a Fed announcement, an earnings announcement, all that stuff. How many times have we seen a stock go down on earnings only to find it trading up the next day or vice versa? It happens all the time. So let me explain something. Everything is a fractal of everything else. So from an intraday perspective, the Fed comes out with their interest rate announcement. The market goes up. That was the first reaction to the announcement. The second reaction was back down. That was after the press conference started while Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, was speaking, answering questions, all that stuff. I have no idea what he said. I don't care what he said. But here's what we're saying. If, in fact, everything is a fractal of everything else, it is possible, and this is an awareness at this point. I'm not saying I'm bullish or bearish. I'm just reading the charts, assessing the situation. If everything is a fractal of everything else, and from an intraday perspective, they moved up, and then they moved back down, when you look at a daily chart, you could say very simply, they moved down on the Fed. Now, from a daily chart perspective, is it possible that that's the first reaction, the next one, which would normally be the correct one, could be back up? So today, from an intraday perspective, the second one was the correct one, not the first. They went down. That's a fractal of a daily chart. I'm just making you aware of how this stuff works, not like this all the time, just that you have to have the awareness of these type of things. Now, let's talk about reality and not talk about fractals and what might happen tomorrow morning. We don't traffic in might or hope. We traffic in what's in front of us on the chart. Now, from a visual perspective, they're headed to the 20-period moving average. It seems apparent. It should be an easy target, even if they reverse off of it. They should hit the 20 at this point in time. We don't know they will, but that's just a visual assessment on the daily chart. Now, just to double check before we move on, the actual high of the breakout area, 375.45 from an official standpoint. So they definitely came in and ran the test, closed below it. The first look is that's a negative sign, but popping back up the day after really is normal garden variety behavior. Staying below, closing hourly below, candle after candle tomorrow on Thursday, and then closing another day below certainly opens the door for lower stuff if they're not already there. What's the lower stuff? They're going to start working their way into the 20-period moving average, and if below, then they're going to start working on the next big-time breakup candle in the sequence. The low is all the way down at 363.54. Doesn't mean they'll get down to the low. It means that they'll start getting drawn to the vicinity or the neighborhood of the low. If they're not going to get to the low, Put this one on a sticky note, 367.35. That's an important number. It comes from a number of different sources. Therefore, the more sources that point to the same number, the more you start believing in the number.
It's one of those things we don't know they will get there, but if you found the market there sooner than later without eating time off the clock or creeping into that number, that's a number that should have a reaction back up in the other direction at minimum from an intraday perspective. Here's another interesting one. If anybody's curious to whether or not the market actually does trade technically sound using a multitude or a variety of different things, the answer is yes, it does. It doesn't always stop on a dime at certain places, but I thought this was interesting. So this is a Fibonacci retracement using the recent low and the recent high. And you'll see here that the 382 retracement comes in exactly at 374.24. Now, today's low happens to be 374.76, but of course we can count on the aftermarket thieves to complete the task. I've blown up the chart, so we're looking at a five minute deal now with the aftermarket activity, and this lower line down here is the same 374.24. They did it after the close, and are now bouncing off that number. That is garden variety market behavior. So here's something else on that topic. I talk about a full stack all the time. Let's start discussing not only where the market might have a reaction, but where it's gonna be attracted to. So it works in both directions. For example, the market's coming down and you're short the tape. You wanna know, well, what is a target that I should be reaching for, at least taking profit along the way, but where is that market A, going to be attracted to, and B, probably have a reaction back in the other direction where I'm going to want to cover at least some, if not all, of that position? Well, let's discuss the same area where the market came down to today, plus or minus, the 3A2 retracement. Just so happens, it was right below the most recent breakout area in the sequence. So there, we have two important things. Recent breakout area... 382 retracement, market's failing, it gets below the low of the breakup candle that we discussed the last couple of nights. Well, where is it heading? It's heading exactly where it went today, which is why we discussed it ahead of time, but it was for more than one reason. When you can identify more than one reason that would attract the market to it, whether it's riding up or down, it increases or enhances the importance of that number and it gives you a better clue, better information that it's magnetic. The market's gonna be attracted to that place, and that's why we saw that happen into the closing bell today. It's one of the reasons. As long as they got below 379 and they started really running them hard to the downside, that was really the place that they had to be heading from a big picture perspective. Didn't have to happen today, but that was really the big picture place. Just as a refresher, remember this, we looked at last night, the 120 minute chart. I said they started eating time off the clock in a bearish flaggish formation. Obviously they could have reversed it. They tried to reverse it on the Fed announcement. However, it didn't happen. They failed. They tried to run a test of the breakdown candle high or at least in the neighborhood. Isn't that what happened? They couldn't get there. They failed and the rest became, as they say in the trading parlance, history. Let's take a gander at what we have inside the numbers. We're going to run through this rather quickly today because obviously it was a quick morning session and then you start, quote unquote, waiting on the Fed. You don't want to get caught in a position. So we'll see if there's some early morning activity. Can we put a morning trade on the board? And then we have to kind of wait with everybody else on Kabuki Theater. They were running sideways all night long, waiting on the Fed. 
The likely storyline today is the morning rush followed by the chop shop formation until the FOMC announcement at 2 p.m. That's more or less what happened. What she does pre-Fed has nothing to do with what might happen post-Fed. Keep that in mind. This is at zero dark 30. The numbers this morning are as follows. Below 383.29 will begin to open the door for a test of 380.75. Below is the big fat round number of 380. There's stuff in between, but this is the big picture stuff at zero dark 30. You'll see other numbers pop on the board later. We had the flip side up to 386.35, and 384.50 is our early pivot. Just to get a visual, forget the stuff on the right, the EKG stuff after the Fed, but the left side stuff, so we'll separate it like this. So everything to the left of that line, this is the 384.50 is the pivot. If they're above the pivot, it can turn bullish. If they're below the pivot, the pressure continues on the downside of the tape. That's why we identify a pivot. Moving along, let's see what we have as the day begins to get underway. The zone is between 384 and 384.50 with a lot of congestion. One more time with the visual, the line is now at 384, and that was a zone. 384 to 384.50 is resistance, it's congestion. The high in the morning session right here in the first candle was 384. 06. Know your numbers. Getting below, now we narrow the numbers down a little bit. Getting below 384 still opens the door for 382.60 to 381.75. Back to the visual from a scalp trader perspective, 382.60 provided a little bit of ice. 381.75 provided some better results. Again, I'm not advocating somebody trading it into the Fed meeting. I'm just saying These were the numbers that were posted on the board, and the market respected those numbers when things were normalized before Kabuki started. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart, and double-check the work. That was all before the market even opened. 382.60 down to a spike of 382 is a buy if they drop them quickly. Again, provided a four or five-point scalp, but still, nonetheless. We don't create the tape that trades today. We trade the tape that is created today. Overhead resistance, 384, 384.50, and you can see what happened on the chart. They basically treaded water, a little bit of back and forth, computers trading the tape, leading into the Fed meeting. A little bit of a drop, a little bit of a pop, and then the Kabuki theater ensued. So pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. There's still stuff in here that's valuable information. Case in point, Leading up to the Fed announcement, we want to put some stuff on the board. So we make an assessment. Finally, the Bears completed the 381.65 give or take situation. So when the tape was higher, we're saying here's a couple of extremes. And right away, we re-identify the breakup candle low around 379.50. You got a big fat round number, 380. If they spike it down, that's certainly going to provide at least some temporary support. So let's do this exercise. You go back to the daily chart, you identify the breakup candle low, it's 379.68. You go back to a five minute chart and you're looking over here on the right at Kabuki and you'll notice 379.68. They come into it, they spike the breakup candle low and they have a rip roaring rocket ride away from it. Put everything in perspective. The high just minutes later is 383 
19. That's 35 S&P handles in a few minutes. Again, I'm not advocating trading it. We're just watching what happened. We're assessing what happened. We're analyzing what happened. We're using the information provided regardless whether or not it was a Fed day or not to say, hey, do they still do the same stuff over and over and over again? That's why we do the assessment. If they blew right through it, we'd be talking about the fact that they blew right through it. But the reality is from an intraday perspective at minimum, and I always say this, they're going to have a reaction at these places on the first time up or down. More often than not, that's garden variety market behavior. Write that down, put it on a sticky note. So the point here is we want to make everybody aware that that number is still the number. It's important. Getting below and closing candles below is the bear case. Running a test and bouncing off is normal. They did that at least initially. On the flip side, the price would run all the way back up to 390. They didn't quite get to 390, but they got pretty close. Both sides is a coin toss, which way? Maybe both. And they almost did both. The high on the spike up was 388.63, so they came within a buck and a half of that 390 number. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. What about stocks on the move? Anything going today? We'll look at Airbnb. We'll look at Twilio and Devon Energy. Take a look at ZI also, but that one really wasn't a bona fide trade, but we'll look at the chart so we can learn something. Five-minute chart of Airbnb after its haircut. On the first price, they basically did the deal. They gave you almost a buck on the bounce here, came back down to the second number, back to the first. So if you didn't take profit here, they let you out here with the profit. They did it a few times at the second number, and then by the end of the day, they slide into the third and beyond. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. Twilio came up short, hovered around, slid into it. We don't want that. We're concerned with the manner in which for the right trade. And then by the time they came into the second, you're waiting on the Fed. You're not taking a trade, getting stuck in a trade waiting for the Fed. I posted that with purpose. Devin was a good trade, getting its haircut at the opening bell, came into the zone. They hit the bottom end of the zone, had a nice little rocket right away. The high here is 73.56. If you painted by the numbers, your average is roughly 72.35. They have a nice rip away from it. They do the deal. It's a stand-up double. Zoom Info, this is not Zoom. This is a different company. But nevertheless, you can see what happened. It opened below the first number. First numbers off the table came down close to the second number, and then they bounced back. This was the trade you wanted. They came up short of the second number. So it was off the board. It was a no trade anyway. But since I'm never at a loss of something to talk about a chart, I figured I'd bring it up anyway. What's going on over in Camp IWM? After all that positive divergence stuff over the last several days, the IWM gets taken out behind the woodshed and now led the market in the lower direction, finishing down three and a quarter percent, three and a third percent against the SPY down less than two and a half. So they're now all of a sudden leading in the southern direction. In the trading parlance, the IWM got what we say smoked. We have a similar situation in terms of coming up short of the last breakout area. We're going to call it this one here, the pivot high, happens to be 177.29, so they came up short at the end of the day. They'll likely hit it and go a little bit lower tomorrow. I would put that on a sticky note. 174.90 would be 
one of those numbers from an intraday perspective that should warrant a reaction back up in the other direction, if hit sooner than later in a straight shot without creeping in. It's all the same market, the folks down at the transportation department, the chart looks very similar to the one we just saw. Also, smoked, woodshed type material. When I say it's all the same market, meaning they're all gonna go up and down together, maybe just not to the same magnitude each and every day, but all the charts are gonna mirror one another for the most part, the big picture. We'll throw a little twist in things. I'm looking at the IYT, which is the exchange traded product that's the proxy for the folks down at the transportation department. And I'll put this number up on the board. Let's see if we remember to even look at it again. The IYT number is 202.62. That comes from a couple of different sources. I would put that on a sticky note. There's a gap just above, but that's actually a more important number from a mathematical perspective. Why did I bring up the IYT? Because you can't trade the transports as an index, but you can trade the IYT. Why do I look at the transports each and every night? Because the chart looks different than the IYT. It's not exactly the same, and I'm more comfortable with the regular indice or index chart. What about the Q people? Another woodshed situation. All the same market, no different. And this one was weak. We talked about it. This was not the same type of bounce in a downtrend. We talked about this channel. Well, what's happening now? They're breaking below the channel. What are you going to see when you look at the... Uh, Semi-space, you're probably gonna see the same thing. We'll be over there in a minute. But breaking below this channel is a bearish thing. We talked about this already. This is signaling a break of the lows and lower. What did we have, by the way, we had and discussed last night, we had that two head and shoulder situations going on. We had the one that has the target down at 340, give or take, and then we had the other one from an inverse perspective that had a target higher. Well, guess what? The more dominant thing as it stands right now is the more dominant trend. It's the bear market bounce situation. It's the bigger head and shoulders pattern seems to be taking hold. The target was, once again, in the 340 neighborhood. When you look at the weekly chart of the queues, you could see this was just a very, very small bounce in a continued downtrend. Below these lows opens the door for 252 and then 250 and so on. XLF, this is the weekly chart. Let's go to the daily. Not too bad today considering everything else we just looked at. Down 1.3%. It's actually just a down day. Look where they are in relation to some of the other stuff. Here's the last breakup candle in the sequence. The low is 33.39. They haven't even run a test of the last breakup candle low in the sequence. They're above all these three moving averages, not all of them, but three of the four moving averages. If they were to break below the low of this breakup candle, where would they go? Well, into the moving averages, you would say, but then would you know about the trend line that they broke out above? Coming down to backtest the trend line is normal garden variety market activity. Just so happens to coincide, depending on when they get there, maybe with a convergence of three moving averages. Pretty interesting place, if I don't say so myself. Smash Mouth, we just talked about this, and Smash Mouth chart is okay to me, as opposed to the actual index for the semiconductor space. It's the transports that I don't like the IYT for some reason. Anyway, here's that channel. They're breaking below the channel. We'll see if they can recapture it, 
or do they continue trading away from the channel? Trading away from the channel opens the doors for the lows and so on. There's no new information here. There's just information that's now coming to the forefront that we've all discussed before, but we don't know whether the market's going to continue up or down. So if it continues up, we talk about the northern stuff. If it continues down, we talk about the southern stuff. This is nothing new that we haven't discussed before. It is and was a bounce in a downtrend one way or the other regardless. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.